Welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by Sam and Carl, and we'd all bloody love it if you could recommend this podcast to a friend by our next episode. A bit of homework for you all for once. How are you doing, boys? I could tell that really swung you both <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> He's changed that the did. I can't. You, you're throwing all the marketing bullshit in at the start now. All the call yeah, to action. Nobody listens to the end. Right Even I the don't. Top. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody listens to the start either. <laughs> I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm really good. Yeah, I thought I'd be uh, proper tired for this, but I've come up a bit now. Oh, you find energy when it's your episode, do you? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very subtle ribbing by call for Aragorn last week. Well, this wasn't any better a movie. Uh, let's get out of the way now. But there's a bit more to talk about. I think. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, neither of them are Oscar worthy, worthy, but uh, I don't know. I'd say this might just barely be arrogant. Squeak it out. Yeah, Unlike maybe. Aragon, this one is award winning. So we're going up. <laughs> Shit, I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, when we get there, we can quiz Evan. I should name the movie first, shouldn't I? Well, this week we watched Kangaroo Jack from 2003, starring Anthony Anderson, Jerry O'Connell, Christopher Walken, Michael Shannon, and Estella Warren. I mean, it's a, I mean, starring, it's a solid cast. Starring Christopher Walken. It's like they paid $5 for him to do a cameo. It stars <laughs> him in the same sense that Aragon starred John Malkovich. <laughs> in the... He's sort of there, except he's always in the same room. He quite clearly recorded all of his lines in one go. And he refused to say egg as well. Don't remember him saying it. Mm-mm-mm. We're on to it, boys. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Shall we get started with a quick plot synop? This one was provided by ChatGPT again. I believe this time with the request to be funny. So <laughs> let's go for it. I said sprinkle some puns in. Kangaroo Jack is a hoppy tale about two best buds, Charlie and Lewis, who find themselves in a sticky situation when they accidentally outfit a wild kangaroo with a stolen jacket covered in mob money. (laughs) The bouncing beast (laughs) takes off into the outback with the cash, and the guys must hop to it to catch the mischievous marsupial and retrieve the dough before it hops into the wrong paws. (laughs) Hop, hop, hop. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With the help of a sassy animal wrangler, they embark on a wild journey full of unexpected twists and turns that will leave you jumping with laughter. I suppose that's a pun. Get ready for a rib-tickling adventure down under. Oh, bloody hell, boys. Throw another shrimp on the barbie, eh? a hell of a lot better than most of the ones that you get from Google. But there's some random little points in there, as there often are with ChatGPT, that just don't make any sense. A jacket covered in money... What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that, Sam. Sam sent that over. Thank you, ChatGPT. Thank you, ChatGPT. Yep. Well, shall we get started then? Let's do. Well, the movie opens with a big old monologue about Australia. It's rugged, remote, inhospitable, and dangerous, home to over 20 million kangaroos. But one is more elusive and clever than the rest. His name... It's Kangaroo Jack. And that's the last time you'll hear anyone call him Kangaroo Jack in this movie called Kangaroo Jack. 
were immediately <laughs> slingshot halfway around the world and 20 years back in time to Brooklyn 1982 to meet our protagonist. Charlene is not his name. Charlie. Charlie Carbone. <laughs> I will just read anything I write, so I'll better remove that. Charlie Carbone. They're children. They're on the beach. Uh, and three things happened to Charlie that day. His mum falls in love with Sal Maggio, a Brooklyn gangster. He meets his friend for life, Lewis Brooker. And third, he almost drowns. But Lewis, his new now best friend, saves him. And now he owes him for life. I got a couple of issues with this opening scene. As a, what it is clearly meant to be, which, I mean, it's unabashedly an exposition dump. <laughs> he says that it is. They're going back, they're establishing plot points like his mum is uh, married to, or she's with Sal, this gangster, this mobster. He nearly drowns in the ocean, which, as a side point, he's, I mean, how old would you say he is at this point? Sort of 10? 10, 11, 12 ish. If at that age you know that you can't swim and you just walk straight into the sea and drown, you deserve to die. That's fine. <laughs> He's American and someone said go along. He didn't have a choice, Sam. <laughs> yeah, so for that context, um, Sal's other son, Frankie, uh, who will later is that be who played he by is? Michael Shannon. I believe so, yes. I could never figure out who this character was. <laughs> he told He's, um, yeah. Charlene to go long and he does. He goes straight into the ocean and almost drowns. And start trying. But the, yeah, so it's this exposition dump. And then it also uh, sets up, what is his name? Lewis? Is that right? Yes, I think so. Lewis as the best friend who's into metal detecting. All of the things that it sets up by way of exposition are completely fucking irrelevant to any of the plot. None of it has any bearing. I think we're setting up to Lewis being the guy who will do anything for a dollar. So he just oh, wants money and he will do whatever is asked of him and won't question it. Well, that also brings us nicely into the next plot point. We are now many years later. Lewis shows up at Charlie's salon, which he owns. Sal bought for him, well, for his mum and Charlie yeah. runs it. And his salon is called Here We Are, but the we is spelt like the French for yes. O-U-I. Yeah. Is that a pun? It doesn't feel like uh, a pun, yes, but it feels like it's trying to be a pun. Hair, yes, are. It was closer to a pun when it was just If it we, were just we, he, hair, hair we, we are, are, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Even that's a fucking <laughs> shit yeah. pun. That's I could help but they, like, yeah. just, Who wrote this? Yeah, there was, um... <laughs> it got me thinking about the fact that where I live, there used to be a hair salon called Curl Up and Die. Which is a great name for a salon, but also a terrible name for a salon. Because you would never recommend it. Where'd you get your hair done? Curl up and die. <laughs> Curl up and die. <laughs> I think that's Excellent. good. I think there's a lot of like good salon puns like that. I, I appreciate a good salon pun. This is the point where I should rattle some off, but I can't think of any now. Well, Lewis shows up at Charlie's Shannon. <laughs> God damn it. Charlie's it's not, salon. It's, it's not the LXG episode, mate. And asks uh, Charlie to, to come out and recover a van with him. That van's got some stuff in the back. And immediately this is sounding a bit illegal to Charlie and he doesn't want to do it. This is setting up the kind of guy, which Carl has pointed out already, he, he'll do anything for a bit of money, regardless of how illegal it is. But he's using the incident from when they were younger, where he saved his life, to convince Charlie to go out on the road with him and go get this van. And so he does. But I, I'm sure they're both going to be fine. Cut 
to than being stopped by the police. <laughs> the guy who um, who runs a mob-owned salon who gives all of his gives eighty percent of his profits to the mob. Who is his stepfather? Is the uh, whatever you say the leader for for someone like that? He's quite nervy about doing anything vaguely illegal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As he hands over cash and funds <laughs> the fucking New York mafia. Yeah, so we're stopped by the police because the the vehicle is stolen and the stuff in the vehicle is stolen, and then there's a high speed chase. That is just top quality crime work, there, isn't it? If I, if you need to transport stolen goods, transporting them in a stolen van is a work <laughs> of fucking genius. <laughs> but I am convinced these two are some of the stupidest protagonists that we've had. But I also like that as as they're trying to escape for the police, they have a bit of a crash and the back of the van opens up and they just start shitting TVs out the back. And they're the oldest, blockiest, yep. shittest TVs. Like, where are these stolen from? Fucking charity shops. <laughs> Even though- even by 2003 standards, yeah. these are ancient. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute monsters just annihilating vans and cars as they fall out the back of the van. <laughs> yeah, so they cause a bit of commotion on the road as they're trying to get away from the police. Uh, and they do seem to get away, though, and that they pull up outside a little inconspicuous warehouse where he was supposed to drop off those TV, uh, TVs. And lo and behold, whose warehouse is it, boys? It's bloody Sal's. They've been doing a job for Sal this entire time. And as the characters find this out, because Charlie knows one of the men there, a, a family friend, uh, the police pop up over the horizon and everything goes to shit. They're trying to get out of the warehouse. And they... So I noted about this movie in that it's quite similar to Karate Kid is that a lot has happened so far. It's just fucking going at you. And I would not have been surprised at this point if the shoot they jumped down to get out of this warehouse just took them straight to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been convenient if it did, just to cut through oh, what is a lot, yeah. dense and confusing and mostly unnecessary plot. And the worst joke in this movie, which is not far away. But the shoot goes down into the sea, a river, says, good job Charlie can swim now, otherwise it'd be a very short movie. <laughs> yeah. They do, I mean, as they, so they've escaped through this warehouse pursued by police and they kind of bought themselves a little bit of time. The police are just barely not within eye shot, most definitely within earshot. So as they <laughs> jump into this shoot, they scream at the top of their voice exactly where they're going, which is always a solid plan when pursued by the police. Almost as good as using a stolen vehicle to, to steal stolen TVs, yeah. yeah. We've got a pattern here going. Lewis is screaming and waffles. The Jack Russell Terrier is screaming as they go down oh, the little yeah, chute. I forgot, I forgot about, about the dog. dog. <laughs> yeah, he brought his dog on the chase. Oh, fuck this movie, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the next scene, uh, Charlie and Lewis are confronted by Sal because he is not happy at all that uh, his ra- warehouse has now been raided because they've led the police right there. He's yeah. lost loads of money and loads of his goons have been arrested. It says that it was $4 million worth of art. And probably about $50 worth of TV. (laughs) Sorry. So this scene is just Sal berating both these boys. Lewis is just described as completely useless, always has been. And Charlie is described as a mouse with chicken blood, which is really visceral and stuck with me when I heard that again. Triggered something like having watched this as a kid. He has the best line in this movie, though. When he says that that Charlie is so incompetent that if he were a knight, 
back in medieval times, he would have slayed the maiden and saved the dragon. Oh, that is yeah. a fantastic Very line. Very good. Yeah. And he did it all in a day, mate. Thank God Christopher Walken is in this movie. Let's hope he sticks around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't get too used to it. Sal now orders both the boys to go to Australia with 50 grand and a little brown envelope and deliver it there. And maybe they can make up from everything that they fucked up so far. And Michael Shannon also enters the room at this point, uh, being introduced as Frankie, which is Sal's son, who will become important again later. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, we don't know it's 50 grand at this point. It's just an envelope that he's told he's not allowed to open. Because Lewis, obviously, as soon as it's handed to him, goes, oh, what's in here? And tries to open the secret envelope. <laughs> um, we, When we see Frankie earlier on in the movie, he's played by a teenage boy, just a bit older than the boy who's playing Charlie. And then fast forward, it's Michael Shannon. Apparently, Robert De Niro was originally considered for that role. I just thought, how would they make the leap with 14-year-old boy to <laughs> then 60-year-old Robert De Niro? How difficult were the jobs that Sal had him doing? Was it him or Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, it was just Michael Shannon on that beach. I, I'm not aware that it was a younger boy. I, I believe you. I'm not saying you're lying. But in my head, it was just Michael Shannon. With spots drawn on. <laughs> okay, so I want to just, now that we've mentioned the 50 grand, spoiler alert, but at the end of the movie, it's revealed what the point of this escapade is. The 50 grand is being paid to a hitman who, upon receipt of it, is meant to kill them. And they yes. are effectively paying for their own hit in yeah. going to Australia. It's the smartest part of this movie. Why? Well, is it? Because the mob it's is funny. paying a hitman in Australia to kill two people instead of paying one in, you know, America. Anywhere but Or in Brooklyn. fact, you're the mob. Fucking do it yourself. <laughs> You've got a room full of people, presumably with weapons, willing to kill someone. Why are you spending 50 grand? And the cost of the plane tickets and the money Plus, he must have given them because Charlie has none. He's given it all to the mob anyway. To got expenses. Hire the plane and hire the tranquilizer gun they need later on. So <laughs> how many TVs does that cost them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose they're stolen, so they're free. Um, so yes, now we're on the plane. Louis, I keep wanting to say Louis because it's written that way. I'm going to call him Lou. Lou and Charlie uh, are both now on the plane. And there's some little jokes between them in the seeds and Charlie sees some fit bird. Oh, fit bird. I can't say that on a podcast. A gorgeous girl. Oh, chick. <laughs> and he flirts with Gorgeous a bit, bit of crumpet. Then... That's what it is in Bulletproof Monk, right? We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Mr. Mr. Fucktastic. How could I Mr. forget? Fucking legend. <laughs> I don't know if this is important to note, but Lou gives Charlie a atomic jaw buster and that's only important because Kangaroo Jack has one later on, and that's only to remind you that he's in this fucking movie, which is named after him. Uh, but this this whole plane scene is my most the most memorable bit for me. It is awful. It is not funny. When Lou yeah. goes into the toilet and he's counting the cash, that's when he realises it's 50k, and then he calls in Charlie, and they're both allowed to go into the toilet, and there's the whole confusion with the people on the outside thinking they're talking about green poo, but he's just talking about green money. Yeah. Really long. What is this? Really, I really think, long. I think I was I was not in, maybe entirely paying attention. I thought they were talking about their dicks when they were saying, like, yeah. look at this, I'm pulling it, showing, try and touch this. All, the, all this stuff, there's like, can I hold it? And I completely lost track of what they were supposedly talking about. <laughs> I've forgotten about the money. 
Oh, no, no. I, I lost the track of what the joke was meant to oh, be. Yeah. I was like, this has gone on for so long at this point. But the question is, what did he think it was then that they were transporting in the little brown envelope full of some sort of paper? His shock when he opens it up and it's money in the money-sized envelope that feels like money is insane. And then they go into the toilet and they're talking about flushing it away. If the mob ask you to transport $50,000, don't think about flushing it away when they're already mad at you. <laughs> but they yeah. had to say that, so we would think of poo, Carl. Otherwise, the joke didn't work. And what would this movie be without this joke? They come off the plane, they go through the airport, they're now on a road trip through the outback, they've got themselves a car, and there's just some real awkward white man rapping from Charlie. He's doing a little beatboxing for... As, as they, I want to point out, as they get off the plane, mm-hmm. there's a whole joke there about how Lou is kind of this gormless, uh, he only knows Australia by the stereotypes, so he's saying good day to everyone, taking pictures, and he's, he's really playing up the Australian stereotypes, and the movie is mocking him for that. Cut to the next scene, it's a shot of a koala bear while Man Down Under plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie goes heavy on the stereotypes, like, really even when does. they're not part of a joke. They just think this is what Australia is like. Did either of you boys check if this was actually filmed in Australia? It was, I'd be yeah. interested to know. Which it I genuinely was. assumed it Crazy. wasn't, because it just looked like the American idea of what Australia is. Yeah. I assume bits like the airport, and I think there was a lot of green screen involved, yeah. but yeah, they did film in Australia for this. I mean, there were definitely some real kangaroos involved. <laughs> sure, but any of us can get footage of kangaroos, Sam. I could go online now. <laughs> sure, fair enough. Did you boys <laughs> listen to the rap that they set up? No. I don't know. No. I, I I decided to listen because I don't know why I've said that like that. You know, I decided to How listen to the movie I was watching. Was... <laughs> but all he says is, Rolling in the land with deep red sands, a big black man with big black hands. And then it, that's it. That's the whole rap. And then it just switches back to land down under. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. the, I did like how they just switched right back. He just gave yeah. up instantly. It was like the rap equivalent of I Spy. He ran out of things he'd seen. And it was just like, back to the song <laughs> the on the radio, I guess. <laughs> so as they're, they're rapping and driving along, they aren't particularly paying attention to the road. Uh, and they hit something. It's a bloody kangaroo, isn't it? And it's not just any kangaroo. It's the titular kangaroo Jack, but not yet. <laughs> he's on the ground. They think he's dead. And their first instinct is to start fucking about with the corpse of a dead animal on the road. Uh, the first intention was to move it into off the road so that no other cars would hit it and pay a bit of respect. But that quickly transforms into putting the jacket and the glasses on it and taking some photos with the aforementioned corpse. With a corpse, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, this is where it starts to sort of play out like a stoner movie, but Mm. minus all the drugs. You know what? Now you've said that, yeah, I can see that. It does feel a bit Harold and Kumar or Dude, Where's My Kangaroo? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just it's that style of comedy, but they're both completely sober and they're just assholes. They're just fucking idiots. (laughs) Yeah, They're absolute morons who are very difficult to root for. And... For sure. Yeah, you're not on their side throughout this, this. This was the first scene where I started to just think they were idiots when I noticed that Lewis doesn't even have shoelaces in his shoes. Just big old boots, no shoelaces, falling out of them as he walks around. <laughs> I did not That's notice like that. an idiot. Not what I noticed in this scene. <laughs> you bring a whole new level of scrutiny, Carl. I love it. It turns out Jack isn't dead. 
uh, and he hops up, kicks Charlie in the chest, and fucks off with the jacket, which, as we're about to find out, has the bloody money in it. How Charlie survives a kick to the chest by a kangaroo. Oh, yeah, he is dead now for sure. But that's that kangaroo. That's incredible, right? For 2003. It looks pretty damn good. I was waiting for it to be not as good as I remembered, and it's far better than I remembered. When you consider that this is... This was made pretty much the same year as those fucking rubber-faced freak things in Scooby-Doo. The great-looking kangaroo. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> this, is the same, this is the same year as the big weird red man in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's a hell of a kangaroo. Same year as the Thumb Thumbs from Spy Kids. <laughs> but they <didn't>, they're great. <laughs> so then Charlie and Lou tried to chase down kangaroo Jack uh, in their car, and he's trying to lean out the window to grab the money. But they crash into the roof. They don't even entertain the idea of hitting it again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a bad person, but that would be my first go-to. I mean, when it comes to fifty thousand dollars that was given to, that was given to you by the mob, I would not think twice about mowing down a kangaroo. I'd kill again. one kangaroo for that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so they crash into a ravine and absolutely total the car, and they have to walk the rest of the way to the to the nearest town. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, Alice Springs. I did write it down. There we go. In central Australia. And they walk into the first pub they can find, and Charlie, proving the absolute legend he is to everybody in Australia, downs half a pint of beer and thoroughly oh. impresses. Before he does that, he, he walks up and down on the bar, says to the girl behind the bar, Two beers. The, the bar crumpet. <laughs> Which is something that a 14-year-old would say when they were showing their fake ID, posing as an adult. I mean, and she knew because like she gave him a beers. tiny beer. He yeah. lost a lot of oxygen to his brain when he was under that water, Sam. <laughs> He's just been kicked yeah, in the he... face by a kangaroo. Oh, yeah, that's true. That <laughs> he has been kicked. Maybe that's... Yeah, the concussion coming out. Functioning on minimal brain cells right now. Big beers. And she hands them two thimblefuls of beers. (laughs) (laughs) Which he downs quite easily and impresses uh, a character who isn't named yet, but I'll name it for you. It's Blue, and he'll become it. I think it was Blue, right? It was Blue. Blue, excellent. That is what Uh, you've written down. Yeah, that is what I wrote in the notes. I just, I was getting sick of learning people's names. I didn't know Jesse's until the last scene of the movie. Was that the silence of not you knowing who Jesse is? (laughs) 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 We'll get to her. (laughs) Whilst Charlie is kicking back with a a cold 0.5, Lewis phones Mr. Smith, who is the man he's supposed to be delivering the money to, who accuses Lewis of stealing his money and pretending that it's gotten stolen. Louis has a plan in mind, so he leaves Charlie in the pub and goes out to the Outback Wildlife Foundation, uh, for a little bit of help from the people there, where he meets the aforementioned Jesse, uh, whose nipples you can see twice in this movie, and they're both coming up, so that's exciting, isn't it? Both the nipples are coming up, are they? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that one nipple each time, or is that both both? Both both. It, it's the right in this scene, and then later on the left. <laughs> Please cut this. <laughs> I absolutely won't. Uh, We also get now a little scene with Kangaroo Jack because, again, we need to be reminded that he's in the movie and he eats a red vine. Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? It is cool. Um, I did read that this scene and a few other scenes with the kangaroos, it was shown to kangaroo experts for some reason who were very annoyed because 
kangaroos are usually silent animals and in this one he makes a lot of noises he says mm, when he eats a red vine and although the kangaroo experts don't like it i know that favorite of the podcast frank welker would be a big fan oh mainly because he voiced kangaroo jack he's back boys no, no way <laughs> yeah, okay. he, he i know did. you're pulling my leg right now. oh no he's kangaroo jack no. and waffles <laughs> Oh my and god. The mad and the mad thing. Because I double I double as soon as I heard those noises. Oh yeah. I, it's got to be. I typed it straight in. I went on IMDB and they've mistakenly listed him as uh what's what do they list him as? Advisor. They've listed him as an advisor on sound effects. And I thought, oh okay, so he just gave some guidance to it. But no, if you go to the end credits, yep. he is list he's listed there as um Special vocal effects, which these vocal effects were pretty fucking special. Yeah. As soon as I heard Kangaroo Jack, I paused, went to Google and just typed Kangaroo Jack Frank Welker. I know those noises. (laughs) I I can hear when a man is stealing and living again. (laughs) He's beyond friend of the podcast. He is messiah of the podcast. He's why we're still doing it. (laughs) Michael... Broderick is the reason we all want to stop. He's the reason Michael. we keep going. What about Matthew? Michael Matthew, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Lewis, yeah, no. meets Jesse, uh, and she describes three elements he needs to, to catch Kangaroo Jack, uh, and they are a tranquilizer gun, a plane, and a list. Uh, but we didn't need the third one because yeah. those are the only two things that he goes This is for. because he's the thickest fuck in the world. <laughs> when she says you need a tranquilizer gun and you need a plane, that is one too many things for him. He is confused. <laughs> and she says you need a list and it turns out that list contains the words tranquilizer gun and plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing I find baffling is that he does get a tranquilizer gun. I can only assume he gets a tranquilizer gun from her, given that she's the one working at the wildlife place. So she's at some rehabilitation centre or something, and she gets some random guy come up to her saying, I want to catch a kangaroo. And her reaction is, yeah, here you go. Have a tranquilizer. <laughs> I mean, he, he got a tranquilizer gun and one tranquilizer dart. That is a man who backs himself, who's just like... A moving plane with a tranquilizer gun that's barely bigger than a pistol. One dart, that'll do it, yeah? Well, in his defense, the list said plane and tranquilizer gun. I assume that dart was the only one loaded in there. (laughs) She did not specify more ammo. (laughs) He got the list. We can be happy with that. Well, he's happy with that because he heads back to the bar to explain the plan to Charlie. Uh, and he also says that he's got the the name and the number of the second best outback pilot in Australia. And they give that boy a call. Bloody hell, who is it, boys? It's Blue. And he's fucked. He's just passed out on the bathroom floor. And they've got to get him ship shape again to get him in the plane. Mixing my transports there for that, but that's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Uh, he is the stereotype number 60 Australians are alcoholics and can easily just get in a vehicle after an hour and everything's okay. They go flying for Kangaroo Jack. Charlie, who's sold to us as like the more grounded, intelligent one of the group, is also a fucking idiot, though, because yes. <laughs> I've decided that we, two people who've never been up in a 
biplane shooting animals. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to just get a tranquilizer gun and a plane. And he thinks that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Why? You were in a car ten minutes ago when you got within inches of it. Get a tranquilizer gun and a car. It'll be a far easier <laughs> yeah. shot. Well, I mean, you'd think that they need the plane so that they can more quickly scope out the landscape and find the kangaroos, but it takes them all of five minutes. They go over one group of kangaroos and they're like, oh, well, there's some... Oh, there he is. Well, yeah, but it'd be a case of there he is. Even if they shot him, they'd probably just have to go, oh, I guess back to the airfield then and then we'll get the car and come back because we're in a (laughs) fucking plane. Yeah. We can't stop and pick him up. What do we do now? (laughs) Going on from what you said then, Carl, about them both being dumb, I think that's something this movie seriously lacks is any straight man everyone is just playing to the camera in this and we're about to get it when there's fucking an hour of fart gags coming up but it's just constant toilet humor throughout this movie and no one providing any foundation for anything serious not that a movie about a kangaroo that's pg needs anything serious but it'd be nice there's serious and then there's three straight minutes of talking about shit in a (laughs) in an airplane bathroom well, as on top form as these boys are, as Louis is aiming with the tranquilizer gun to shoot down at our boy Kangaroo Jack, there's a jerk in the plane and two he can't see where his... <laughs> Very nice. Very good. <laughs> he can't see where his dart went. And then he notices that it's in the back of Blue's neck. Ooh, that starts working fast on Blue, like he was never sober at all. And that plane starts going down. At this point, did you start... I don't know if it's just in my head because it's a plane going down in the desert. But did you feel there were some similarities to the mummy with this? Like they were trying to achieve like a similar feel of action adventure? Because there's a lot of parallels, I feel. There were, I don't know if I would say, I don't know where, I got, I got the impression. I got, hmm. I was reminded of the mummy a few times. I don't know if it's because they were just very similar shots. Yeah. But yeah, I did get an impression. <laughs> And that's all I have to say. No, no, that's all I wanted. I was just, I wasn't asking for anything super deep. Just wanted to know if you felt the same way. Not to, not to make any mistake. This is not even on the same Ooh, no. plane of existence as that. No, it's... No, no. Right. Now I'm going to try bless you this because there's a lot of things happening at once, but nothing really of note. So I'll bear with me here. Now, three things happen all at once. Charlie and Lou have to walk back to the Outback Wildlife Foundation, which its name might make you think that they care about wildlife, but they're only focused on saving one thing, and it only costs two grand to save, but fine. Uh, They hit a sandstorm, see some dingoes, nothing really of note happens in that section of the film. Mr. Smith is tracking them both through the different places they've been. This is all intercut. Uh, He's going to the bar, he's going to the Flying Dingo Air Centre, which is another fucking... Stereotype. The Flying Dingo Air Center. (laughs) Mr. Smith is really chasing them on this. Surely, if you're a guy who's been hired by someone in America and he said, you know, the money will get to you, call him. Chase after him. Don't go after the delivery guys that you're meant to be killing to chase them for some money they don't have anymore. (laughs) It's just... Every character's motivation is really confusing. And speaking of confusing motivations, who do they run back into? Jesse. <laughs> oh. Who? Oh, they do here, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, well, I just also want to say that um, Michael Shannon also now is in Australia, uh, Frankie, Sal's son. Yeah. He arrives because Mr. Smith isn't getting the job done, so he hires an outback guy to help him find Charlie and Lou. Now we're back in the desert where... 
Charlie sees a mirage of a car and thinks he's drinking a Slurpee that's actually a rock. This is just another dumb little joke for you, I suppose. I, I liked that joke more than most of the others, to give it some tiny amount of credit. Imagine signing on to an R-rated crime movie and then them bringing you back to do reshoots to turn it into a PG comedy and just having to sit and pretend you're in a car drinking a Slurpee. Just thinking, I didn't agree well, to let's, that. Well, let's acknowledge that then. Now. Yeah, we are. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? Yeah, this was originally an R-rated mafia movie, but apparently the studio weren't impressed with the finished product, so they just decided to redo it as a PG... I don't know if it's a kid's film, but a PG movie and throw in now I know that, an animated kangaroo. So I know that they went... Th- yeah, the um, the test viewings that they did, everyone was pretty lukewarm on everything except for the kangaroo, so they went much more kangaroo-heavy, made it a PG, took out some of the violence and uh, full frontal nudity, apparently. I don't know that I didn't know that they did reshoots. Well, hang I thought on, that hang all on. of this stuff was just in there and they re-edited it. There's no way. I need to unpack everything you both just said. I'll hit the reshoots first. Of course there were fucking reshoots, Sam. What <laughs> elements of this movie were in that other movie? An R-rated crime movie. Two, what do you mean you jacked up the kangaroos? There's like three minutes of kangaroos in this fucking movie where kangaroo is 50% of the fucking title. Well, when it was a rated R. Um, when it was a rated R crime movie, it didn't have a rapping kangaroo, surprisingly. That came well, later. Yes, I'm aware they added that. But surely <laughs> all of it was reshoots. There's nothing in this which even slightly denotes, apart from the fact they're running from the mob, that this would have ever have been a serious crime movie. It's. Uh, it wasn't called Kangaroo Jacket when it was the R-rated cut, was it? It was called <laughs> Down and was it called Under. Down Under. Down and Under. <laughs> Down and Under. I'm not contesting that they didn't have the kangaroos in for this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I believe yeah. that. I get Evan, that. You don't seem Just to throw in an extra little. There weren't many kangaroos, <laughs> and then they added kangaroos. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I, I just want to point out this is a barely substantiated. This is from a slightly shit website that had a, an article on this, on the reshoots and all of that stuff. It's um, right, okay. Apparently, no, this it. is only one. The, the reshoot, the um, the original cut was definitely a thing. There's plenty of information about that. But there was only one place that I saw that mentioned that Jerry O'Connell did hang dong in the original cut. <laughs> yeah, I think that's on IMDb <laughs> as well. <laughs> Well, that would have been the plane scene, wouldn't it? There was actually no money. That would have had to be dubbed over. (laughs) That's insane. So Charlie's just (laughs) seen a mirage of a car, uh, but he he thinks he's over that now. He's feeling a little bit better. But then immediately he thinks he sees a mirage of a sexy lady, but he just wants to enjoy this one. And in line with the the kind of a character you know him to be at this point, he just grabs her tits. Yep. Yep. But he... Earlier in the movie, when they first arrive in Australia, he's moping about, feeling sorry for himself, because he's never going to find the right woman. And then we finally see him interact with a woman, and he just starts breathing like Beavis and Butthead, and then just grabs her by the tits. That's probably probably where you've been going wrong all this time, Charlie, to be honest. Just can't find the right woman. They keep getting restraining orders against me. His excuse for himself is that he thought it was a mirage, and he just wanted a... Happy little delusion. Yeah. Happy little porny delusion for himself. But this isn't wildly different from how he acts with her later on when he catches <laughs> her bathing. Yeah. yeah. And he pretends and just not like, to see her. No, 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 no. I'm coming in. I'm stripping off. <laughs> I'm coming in. 
deal with it. <laughs> He's a brave guy, though, right? I mean, I've checked Estella Warren's Wikipedia page, and she has an entire section devoted to arrests. He's a brave man. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'd never she, heard of him. She knocks him out. She punches him and knocks him, knocks him out in the next scene. Yes. He, uh, worse could have happened. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you're right. Yes, she she knocks him out. Uh, and here we see Kangaroo Jack again, but in the hallucination of Charlie. And this time, Kangaroo Jack's dancing and rapping. I suppose this is one of the reshoots. Um, he, he, he's um, a more serious kangaroo in the original cut. He he just he was still there. He just did a more explicit rap in the original. <laughs> Damn, I wish I could remember that rap from the beginning. Oh, <laughs> oh this is also terrifying because... Charlie sees kangaroo versions of Sal, Lou, oh, and it's also Kangaroo Jack, and they're all shouting chicken blood at him, but in, like, the rhythmic nature of, like, a satanic rant would be horrible. And still, incredible-looking CGI kangaroos. Pretty damn good. Why do they all look so good? Even Lewis's kangaroo is fat. It all looks so good. I do. Every, Every second, obviously, as we've said, they added in all of the CGI kangaroo stuff to make it more kid friendly holy fuck i hated it hated every second that that thing was talking you didn't oh oh yeah you didn't sure, enjoy breakdancing sure. kangaroos i know i'm not the target audience but i still have to make the point that i hated that. this was the point where he had a jacket covered in money <laughs> <laughs> wait sam have you not seen this before no oh this oh, is my first oh, time I'm so we subject sorry. you to some <laughs> <Yeah>. shit <laughs> Wow. Yes. Yeah, There'll be do. some nostalgia for you, but no, it's just me and Carl. Oh, I'm so sorry, bud. <laughs> in the meantime, Mr. Smith is interrogating the, the pilot from the crashed plane uh, to learn where Charlie and Lewis has went, and he's just letting you know he's still hot on their trail. Charlie, at this point as well, convinces Jesse? Yeah. Jesse to yeah. help them find Kangaroo Jack for a sweet $2,000, which he can't ever have meant to give her surely this whole thing is about getting that money back to give to the mob no he was lying he's come back round they're at camp on a night he's come back round after she knocked him out yes and yeah he offers her this two thousand dollars but he wants to start right now but she being the animal expert says that nine out of the ten deadliest snakes are in australia and they all come out at night i've done my research boys oh no (laughs) Three out of the ten deadliest snakes live in Australia, and they all come out during the fucking day. <laughs> it's a fucking liar and an idiot. And she, the only okay, let's just point out the only evidence that we have that she's an animal expert is that she had two little ratty things in a cage. She had these two. She is an absolute liar. She had these two bilbies in a cage, and bilbies—that's what they were. He's offered two thousand dollars towards her bringing the population back within that area. (laughs) I I imagine that population was fine. And then she kept just letting them out during the day, saying, get them out now before the snakes come out at night. And then they all just kept getting (laughs) fucking eaten. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. The fucking idiot. By the way, now she's down to the last two. She's really keen for this two grand to fund their uh, reintroduction. What's that two grand going towards now? Just leaving them in a cage and watching them fuck. Like, <laughs> what are you hoping to do with the money? <laughs> Filling dollar bills on them like a stripper. <laughs> go, go, go. Get them in the mood. Well, now it's daytime again. Ooh. Well, no, she because she does... Um, he, th- so he does convince her to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incidentally. 
and she says, okay, well, there's, uh, there's this, I, I don't know what she calls it. I think she says a spring? A spring. There's, she says there's this spring where all of the kangaroos will go to this time of year. It's the dry yeah. season. Why did you tell them to get a tranquilizer gun and a plane before if you knew about this? <laughs> it didn't fit on the She's list. She's got no agenda. She's just doing whatever she feels like in the moment. She doesn't work for the outback place. She she trapped those bilbies. They're probably not even endangered. She was just hanging about for this guy. She gave him a tranquilizer gun. Now she's like, yeah, let's go to the spring. We don't know this woman's qualifications, and it does seem she is making it up as she goes. <laughs> So now, the next day, they make the camel ride to a spring that Sam just mentioned that they believe ca- uh, Kangaroo Jack will visit. And it's just five minutes of camel farts and some of Lou farts. And we're there, Sam. The award-winning Kangaroo Jack. This is the scene that won oh, his award yeah. for Evan. Do you know what the award was? Is it a Razzie for It is the Kids' fart? Choice Award. Favourite fart in a movie 2004. <laughs> And <laughs> this was this was an award that ran for two years, 2003, 2004. And we have covered the other movie that won it the year before. Can you guess what it was? <gasps> Hold on. Oh my Didn't God. Didn't we talk about this? Did we? I can't remember if we mentioned this when we covered the movie, because I just remember talking about it. Annoyingly, I don't remember what the movie was. We might like have done. The Frighteners or something. Oh my God. I have a good guess. Go Wait, no, no, 2003. Is it a film that came out that year or is it just in general? I think I've told you enough, Evan. Okay, okay, okay. Then it's got to be Spy Kids. Scooby-Doo. Damn it, that was oh my, my next God, guess. Oh my God, that makes sense because this Wasn't came out in 2003. Oh God, no, yes, of course. It was a big fuck. Next year, yes. Oh. I can't believe we missed that bit of trivia when we did that film, assuming we did and we haven't just all forgotten. I mean, either option sounds like something we would do, so it's hard to say. <laughs> Well, we're at the bloody spring, and we get a bolo-making montage. I mean, I knew what a bolo was, but they had tranquilizer guns at first. I don't know why this isn't the the choice Because they had one dart. They've used their tranquilizer (laughs) dart. Cross that off the list. (laughs) The the fucking Outback expert is making it up as she goes along, and they arrive, and that's the point where they go, so are we going to catch him then? And then she's, yeah, bolo, I guess. Two, yeah. two tiny watermelons on a rope, as far as I can... I don't know what they are. I mean, they're definitely not watermelons, but they are little, yeah. <laughs> two weights attached to a rope in the middle that wraps around. And to top this off, uh, the gang need to mask their scent and their appearance, uh, because kangaroos can recognise humans and their scent, and they take off all their clothes and cover them... I say cover themselves, they put a little bit of paint on themselves... Uh, and that's enough to, to to trick Kangaroo Jack, who at the beginning of the film was described as the most intelligent kangaroo there is. So this must work. I mean, he's described he's described as the most intelligent kangaroo there is by the stupidest man on earth. So that's true. I forgot he was narrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the one kangaroo that kicked him, and he thinks he could have all the rest. Uh, just as they're about to snag Kangaroo Jack, Lewis scares him off. Because he's got some ants in his pants. Great fucking stuff. And now we get to the scene, boys. The one we've all been waiting for. Jessie takes a bath in the spring. And Charlie joins her. First instance of nipples we see this. Uh, and that's it. That's all I have. Uh, well, well I, I, this is... I, all I've got is my notes for this scene is all caps. Who is this movie for? And now that we know that it was originally... Uh, had a 
older age rating, maybe it makes a little more sense. But it's just sitting after however many minutes of fart jokes. And now it cuts to this weird sort of awkward sexy romance oh, scene. Very sexually so charged, awkward. this scene. But oh, it's so awkward. As he Horrible. first arrives, before it gets extra awkward... She does say to him, if you come near me, I will kill you. This man needs to read her Wikipedia page. He's going to get hurt. <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> but yeah, Lewis shows up and ruins the, ruins the moment by yeah. cannonballing into the water. Thank fuck. This is not a scene I Saved wanted his to life see. again. <laughs> Two 32-year-old around adults acting like 14-year-old kids having their first kiss. Yeah, well, I, horrible. Maybe it's worth noting that usually we we reach this point in a movie because we usually we're always watching these kids' movies, and in them usually it's two kids kissing, and we're like, well, this isn't for us. This is not for us. Thank you. In this case, it's this is not for kids. <laughs> Why was I allowed yeah. to watch this? Well, these people are our age, and I'm still thinking this isn't for me. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> she will kill you. <laughs> Uh, well, this is the point where Mr. Smith, uh, the man who wants his money back from these bloody idiots, uh, catches up to them all, accuses them again of seeing his money, doesn't believe for a second that a kangaroo stole it from them, uh, but then just rifles through their bags and finds the picture they luckily co- took with the corpse of the kangaroo, which he turned out to be alive, to be fair. And he tells Jesse, keep forgetting her name, to go with him and take him to where Kangaroo Jack is to find that money and his two little minions drag off Charlie and Louie into the desert and is told to, to make their deaths look natural. What I don't get about Mr. Smith is the effort that he's going to when he doesn't have the money yet. That If you're yeah. paid to kill someone, might as well wait to have the money before you start driving all over the country to find them, to kill them, to get your money. You either get it and kill them or you don't get paid and you don't need to kill you them. You haven't had to kill but them. But now he's yeah. hired more people. He's now splitting this 50,000 with two other people. This is becoming a pretty shit-paying job. Car hire. Again, he's just a contractor. Goons, camels. (laughs) Who's unpaid. (laughs) Who's now doing the same job he was hired for, for free. He's doing it for the love of the game at this point. I don't know where his motivation comes from. I just love killing. Here I go killing again. (laughs) Um, Well, harking back to something... One of you said at the beginning of this podcast, um, this episode rather, about, uh, I think you said it about Louis not knowing why he had the metal detector and that not being important for the rest of the movie. Well, I felt equally about that being the case for Charlie. because they make a Every big other deal aspect of the film. <laughs> yeah, make it a big deal about him uh, being a, like a, a hairdresser. And it comes That's up several times throughout the movie. That's another thing that I down I forgot to say. How is it relevant, except for this scene? This scene where, where they awkwardly jamming that the reason they can get out of the ropes is because for some fucking mad reason this guy has scissors tucked down the back of his jeans in case someone needed time. a quick trim during <laughs> yeah. his trip around australia and also this the scene straight afterwards right where he confronts mr smith they've both got guns on each other yeah and uh he says what's your job he says i'm a hairdresser and so he lowers the gun what? Why, why did that happen? <laughs> Don't know. I guess it, he felt so brave for, for saying that when it's embarrassing that it's struck That felt him. like the movie was doing a bit of a nudge and a wink, and I didn't know what it was <laughs> nudging me about. It's funny because he's a hairdresser and 
men shouldn't be hairdressers and straight. There's a lot of that sort of thing in this movie. Oh, yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. We've, I've, we've skipped it because I couldn't be asked with the conversation of people being called women or Charlie being called a woman and queer and a pansy yeah. and it's just... Yeah, I didn't realise we were still doing that shit in movies so recently until we did this and evolution. You say so recently. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I still feel that feels too recent for yeah. some of the shit yeah. in here. Well, he uses the scissors to cut him and Lewis loose and... Lewis gives off some lark about being a pitcher in Little League, I don't know, and that distracts them with the, both the guys on the, the camels, and fucking Charlie goes around the other side and grabs the gun that Sam's just mentioned, and now those guys are dealt with. I don't know where they go. I assume they shot them and left them in the desert, because either way, they're dead, because the heat. Well, at least Mr. Smith doesn't have to split that 50,000 anymore. Yeah, good bit more. Might make a bit of profit out of this, Get any of it himself at the minute. But the plot stops here because we get another kangaroo jack shot uh, to remind us he's in the movie where he eats one of the jawbreakers uh, and they're spicy. Remember that because it might be important in a second. Back to the movie. Lewis and Charlie catch up to Mr. Smith. Uh, They hold some guns at him. They they rescue Jesse. uh, But then Frank Lombardo, Michael Shannon turns up and now he's got a gun. They're all pointing it at Mr. Smith. It's not really a showdown. It, it feels like they've all won. He tells Charlie to put the gun down, puts it down, and then, best bit of the movie, Frankie turns the gun on Charlie and you think, fucking finally, these cunts are going to be dead. <laughs> not quite yet. Kangaroo Jack shows up here now, distracts everyone because he's hot. He's hopping about. Yeah, now, uh, now. And they escape. Frank, yeah. I need you to get in the booth and picture kangaroo eating a spicy gobstopper. Can you do that for me? Got it. <laughs> this is why you no, pay the big no, bucks, Frank, Frank. No, Frank, you're doing you're doing pig again. <laughs> no, no, that's Waffles the dog again. Kangaroo eating a spicy gobstopper. <laughs> pay that man. I can't fucking believe it's him. I'm so happy about that. Now kangaroo for me. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. I was so happy when I saw the credit. So they get away, uh, that is Charlie, Louie and Jesse, they're in a car, they're chasing down Kangaroo Jack to get the money back to pay off Frankie, uh, but Frankie's chasing them down. In the car, they're chasing Kangaroo Jack on camels. Frankie crashes his car, not very important, he's going to be fine in a second, uh, and they chase Kangaroo Jack right up to the precipice of a cliff. Both Charlie and Jesse give up, it looks too dangerous, but Louie is pushing to the limit he's reaching into jack kangaroo jack's pocket well he's taking dollar bills off of kangaroo jack's jacket um, yeah. stuffing them in his own pocket he does get all the money but he comes too close to the cliff the camel stops suddenly and he goes bounding over oh i've just referenced an australian meme by accident um have you i'm gonna send that to you afterwards for context yes okay and this is where we need to rewind just a little because there was a scene sorry that i, I forgot about that which bugged me so much at the time, where they're all being held at gunpoint. But Jesse yes. says that they're the only ones that can help catch Kangaroo Jack and get the money back. And then when Frankie agrees to this, Charlie tries to thank her and she says, I didn't do it for you. Who the fuck should do it for then? Carl, we have the proved kangaroo? she doesn't know what she's doing or why or when. She's just making decisions in the fucking moment. I'm doing it for the bilbies. <laughs> Who are you doing it for? What are you on about? I mean, I assume it's because the gun was also on her. But then 
does she think that this will save her? Prevent them from killing her? I don't know. She doesn't know, mate. She's just <laughs> saying just stab in the dark. She's just yeah. hoping to hold on till night time and distract everyone, because then all those snakes will be about. <laughs> all those cold-blooded snakes coming out at night. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Lewis is hanging over the edge of the cliff, and Charlie uses all of his hairdressing skills to fashion a rope-type thing out of two belts uh, and manages to get him up onto the cliff. Now they're even. Frankie catches up to them. He reveals. Fucking great twist. I know we mentioned it earlier, but this is actually great that you're taking the money for your own killing. I think is amazing. It's just in a shit movie. They're shocked, obviously, but then as in every other time in the movie where something needs to happen and nobody can write anything to figure that out, the cops turn up for no reason at all and arrest... Well, they, they try to arrest Frankie, but Charlie Boy uses those sick Bono they, skills from the, the earlier. The cops rise up in a helicopter from below the cliff <laughs> yeah. that we were just looking down. There was yeah, no we were helicopter looking down, down, down there. Ages. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the cops were presumably hiding behind a little rock <laughs> in their helicopter, their incredibly quiet helicopter, by the way, hiding behind some little rocky outcrop Watching Lewis hanging off the edge desperately by a, a couple of belts strapped together, going like, do, do we go and help? No, 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 no. Give it a minute. Dramatic reveal. Plot's still happening. <laughs> yeah. Also, when um when Lewis is being pulled up, or when he's, you know, hanging there for his life, I did love that when he finally gets grip on the belt and he manages to hoist himself up or, you know, what's his name helps him up, the camera cuts... And there's clearly footholds all the way up the side. He's standing on one. He's completely fine. He could have stood there for see that. easy a few minutes longer at least. Well, Frankie is arrested by the police after Charlie bolos him. He's in the back of the van. He's off with them. There's a heartwarming little friendship chat between Charlie and Louis. You boys don't want to talk about that, do you? I mean, I think we discover that Charlie has been wanting to kill himself for a while. But, and we're meant to be happy about this. You save my life oh, every yeah. day, Lewis. If you weren't there, me, I'd be gone. Probably in the original cut of that movie. Yeah. yeah in the original cut, he pulls Lewis up, then jumps down onto the helicopter rotor blades. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been much better. Oh, and after this, there's just a bunch of fucking shit scenes with Charlie lures in Kangaroo Jack with some grass... Uh, he gets back the lucky jacket and gives it back to, to Lewis, uh, explaining that it was lucky all along because they, if they hadn't lost the jacket, they would have been killed. And then Kangaroo Jack's got a son and he kicks him in the chest and, I don't know, setting up a fucking sequel probably. And all of a sudden, even though it feels like the movie should have ended, we get another little bit where it's a year in the future and Charlie is rich for some reason. He turned $50,000 yeah. into fucking mega yacht money he's with the fit psycho and his mate also lives on the boat what what is this so yeah they've become millionaires because a berry they discovered apparently whilst they were out in australia they've now started using (laughs) in their own shampoo brand because charlie's a hairdresser it all comes together but i do feel like yes the script for this part of the movie every other line was just and they laughed and laughed (laughs) everything is just I've got the numbers, dear. Oh, I do love numbers. <laughs> and then Lewis yeah. shows up with his waterproof moose. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe they're all dead. That was. It didn't feel real. They're all in the helicopter blades. Charlie took that final kangaroo kick to the head. He's got one brain cell left. He's staring at a wall in a home somewhere, every now and again going, (laughs) How good would that be? If this whole movie was exactly the same, but then it cuts, and he's there with a bandage around his head, sitting in a ward. (laughs) Kangaroo footprint on the side of his head. (laughs) Asking the nurse how nice these berries smell. Every now and again saying, I do like numbers. Just writing random (laughs) numbers on a piece of paper. One, two, list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, and for all of you keeping count, uh, this is the second time you see Jessie's nipples. uh, Although with the the shade of her Wikipedia page, I'm somewhat um, more disappointed now. I didn't know she was fucking mad. Yeah, and um, yeah, we discover that with the shampoo brand, it zooms out, they've got a yacht. And the shampoo Mm -hmm. brand is a kangaroo inside a circle logo which is a real shampoo brand yeah that does did exist, we just yeah. watch an advert <laughs> did we watch an hour and a half advert for aussie shampoo <laughs> i actually prefer that if that's the case i like it more than your dark ending and definitely more than this movie <laughs> And you might think that it's over, because that mad bit just happened, but now we get eight fucking outros of Kangaroo Jack just improvising at the camera. I have nothing to say about this other than I fucking hated it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the fact that so much of this was thrown in, and yet the actor didn't want to be credited with the voice tells you how bad it was. Yeah, by the way, the voice was not Frank Welker. Oh, yeah, the actual Australian voice. You can't do human. (laughs) You can't say words. (laughs) It sounded familiar to me, but um, I couldn't place it. Well, anyway, that's the fucking movie done. I do have a little bit of trivia for you, boys. Adam Adam Garcia. Garcia. Oh, okay. I do have a bit of trivia for you, boys. Apparently, this movie was originally pitched to have Nicolas Cage playing Charlie <gasps> and Chris Farley that that rhymes too much that hurts playing Lewis which wow i do wonder if anyone told the people pitching that idea that Chris Farley died in 1997 <laughs> <laughs> so either they didn't know that or this movie was bouncing around for so long waiting for, for long someone time, to yeah. make it 90s also, kangaroo I mean, they, they're jack already with Nicolas pushing Cage, it. I'd be open for. The 20-year time leap is already a bit dodged, but with those two in there, <laughs> even more questionable. Was this, is this an existing IP before this movie? No. Is Kangaroo Jack like some character? Okay, all right. Because there's a sequel, which is all animated, and that's usually the reason for that, but I guess not. I mean, the reason is nobody would appear in a sequel to Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, that's fair. Do we know how much money this movie cost? Because I've been trying to tally it up because they they went actually went to Australia when they absolutely didn't have to. The CGI must have cost a lot because it does look good for the, the time. Um, the reshoots, those are expensive. So, oh yes, in us, Carl. $60 million. Okay, that's not as much as I thought it was going to be. How much did it make? 89 So it didn't even make its money back. Okay. And, um, uh, if of it, if you're applying the Mr. Sunday yeah. rules there, where you double it for marketing. Yeah. Oh, you mean the our podcast rules? 
Right. Yes. So that's that. We've stolen everything else. We'll steal that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. It's time for some blue trivia. And oh this, wait, green trivia. Damn it. <laughs> and this movie was actually sued for its marketing campaign because they included the animated singing, dancing kangaroo in the trailers, and then a pe- bunch of people took their kids to see it, thinking it was a kids movie with a talking kangaroo. It sounds like it's just that one oh, scene. Oh. Yeah. If you watch the trailers, you can tell that they tried to swivel it round because they recut it. All of the kangaroo content makes it into the trailers and fuck all else goes in there. And they move some voice lines around to make it seem like the kangaroo talks a lot more than it does. Make it seem like it's about a kind of anthropomorphic talking fun kangaroo when in reality, as we found out, it's just a kangaroo. There's a lot of shots of kangaroos, but there's not a lot of kangaroo jack in this movie. Yeah. Apart from at no. the end there, where they jam a load of them in. So yeah, the rules on what could be included in trailers was changed because of the trailer of Kangaroo <gasps> Jack. Oh, that's good. Because of how misleading you, it was. Very good. Well, Very then, good. that lead us nicely into some bad reviews, if you've got any for us, Sam. I've got a couple of them. Uh, I did have three, but one of them was the uh, fact about the Kids' Choice Award. For the favourite fart in a movie of 2004. So, okay. cutting that one out. We got two here. First one, written by Arne, gives it, I think it was one star. I saw this because I'm watching every walk-in film. A few <laughs> years ago, I was diagnosed with a skin problem that was later confirmed by a test to be MRSA. In order to stop it from spreading, the doctor cut my leg open with a scalpel on local anaesthetic. He removed a chunk of flesh, then dug out the area underneath, which didn't feel numb from my perspective. They packed the wound with cotton wool to make sure it healed from the base of the wound, not the top. It's the most pain I've ever felt in my life. The sheer number of nerves and sensory pain is overwhelming. It's the kind of pain so intense that crying isn't an option. It hurts too much to cry. You spend all your energy just dealing with the agony. I'm sure there are a few more painful things to deal with in life, but for me, that tops it to date. Every time I feel down, I remember that moment and it picks me back up, because no matter how bad the current moment is, at least the pain isn't excruciating. Kangaroo Jack was worse. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew it was coming the whole time, but it was still beautiful. (laughs) Oh, God. You could hear me kind of cracking a little bit at the end. I couldn't keep it together for that. Oh, that's excellent. That gets, that's a dark one. You might have to shorten that down. I don't know. Up to you. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Staying in. There you go. And the next one we've got, open quotations, Kangaroo Jack is a real kick in the pants. It's a poorly executed film with a plot that's full of holes and characters that are as hollow as a kangaroo's pouch. The animation is as stiff as a boomerang <laughs> and the humour is as dry as the outback. The film tries to be a fun-filled adventure but misses the mark by a mile. The jokes are as stale as a three-day-old <laughs> three Vegemite sandwich and the accents are enough to make you say, "Good day, I'm out of here. <laughs> I feel like that might be an AI-generated one. This is film that... is a real leap in the wrong direction, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It's a kangaroo-rotten experience <laughs> that's best avoided. And that was left by ChatGPT yep. <laughs> just before we started recording. <laughs> I told it to write an, ang- an angry review, but put puns in. <laughs> That was fantastic. That was fucking perfect. Yeah. Oh, oh is it time for the question? Uh, thank you for oh, that. Oh, I think yes, it is. It is. So, oh, let me compose myself. Uh, so, Evan, Evan, you think that was... You think that was good, good do you? Do you? 
God, we're so good at being in sync. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I put on the movie on my lunch today, I was quite excited. I was taken back because this was a favourite film of mine when I was a child and I felt that nostalgia. I've not really had it for ones we've watched so far. It's the first time I've really felt that. I was taken back uh, and then I paused it. I came back after work and I watched the rest of it and then I felt the child in me die again as it did when I became an adult and learned how horrific life was because this movie treats you to that same fucking experience. It was bad. Not fun. The jokes aren't good. There's not really any notable performances in it, because even the people I want to see stretch their legs. Chris Owen's in it for fucking two minutes, and Michael Shannon is just a guy from Brooklyn who is also in the mob. Although it's always nice to see him. I would not recommend this movie, and I am fucking eternally sorry for doing this to us. <laughs> Cole. Like you, I'd seen this before, and I remembered this being a great movie. I had this on DVD, and I remember I saw this quite a few times. And watching it this time, I was sat thinking, why did I watch this so many times? Until we got to the scene where she's showering in the spring, and I remembered that I was 12 years old, and and now I'm ashamed of myself. But yeah. (laughs) Don't be, that's the only good bit. Going back and watching it again, you just... Who 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 are you meant to root for? You can't. You don't root for Mister Smith trying to kill people. You don't root for the mob. But I also do not give a shit if America's stupidest people get themselves killed. I'm rooting for Frank Welker. That's who I'm rooting for. Oh yes. Well, every yeah, time he gets is, a yeah. paycheck, that's what I am rooting for. <laughs> every unearned paycheck. Should we switch to a Frank Welker podcast? <laughs> Just do his films. We basically are already. True. Yeah. He's absolutely our most seen actor. Well, never seen. seen. I don't even know what he looks like. Never yeah. never seen, I never do. heard, never said a word. I wanted oh. to add him on Twitter because I thought, oh, you know, not everyone's going to know who he is. Maybe he's one of those that responds. He had one tweet. It was just his name is Frank Welker and he never tweeted again. So no <laughs> point. Uh, sorry, Sam. What what the fuck did you think of this, buddy? Well, look, his Twitter is staying true to his acting career. He can't he tweet says noises. <laughs> he made one tweet, and then he was done. <laughs> oh, oh, the nuance to it. Beautiful. Oh, it's a shame people uh, I'm not going to have much. I'm not, I'm not going to have much uh, to add to this that you two haven't said. But yeah, this was my first time watching this. Uh, I wish I'd gone without ever watching this. Every every part of it was... Uh, it, it started off with the kangaroo and it was annoying and I was like, I don't, I, this is shit. And then it cut to the past and I was like, oh, fuck these people. This is annoying. Do something else. <laughs> then it cut to something else and it was more annoying than the last thing. It repeat, you know, ad nauseum until the end of the film where it ends with the most annoying part. Oh, and yeah, it's not a good note. And then you get the grand finale, which is seeing that lovely name in the credits, Frank Welker. That is beautiful. That that's brightened my day. That has absolutely left. And nobody else did. So yeah, no, didn't enjoy it. Not and sold. just to add on, but to what you both saying, there's nothing endearing about Kangaroo Jack either. He's supposed to be a lovable character that we want to see a franchise of, and. Just nothing. I know it was a kid's movie, and I'm ragging on a kid's character here, but I just didn't feel anything for him. 
we've complimented enough kids films that yes. we're not just hating it because it's not for us true very true well if that's everything boys yep they nodded yes thank you all for listening and thank you boys for joining me please leave us a five-star review on apple or good pods and follow us over on twitter at so you think pod join us again next week when depending on whether or not we finally get rid of coal it'll either be the tuxedo 2002 or arachnophobia 1990 until then you can't name a movie Kangaroo Jack if Kangaroo Jack is only in 1% of the movie. And goodbye. And if his name isn't Kangaroo Jack. No, what? We didn't even mention that. What do I call him? <laughs> Jackie Legs? Something like that. Yeah, some dumb shit. Fuck, now this is going to go into the outro. Boom, boom, bye.